The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson here. Happy Monday to you. Andre Salveson, he's in the building as well. Not here yet. He's tardy. He's around here somewhere. He'll eventually find his way to the studio. But in the meantime, hello and welcome. And I uh, hope you had a good weekend. Uh, certainly hoping for a better week this week for the Utah State Aggies. A rough start. Um, well, kind of a closing things out for a conference tournament play for Utah State. Uh, this week they've got games later in the week against the Nevada Wolfpack and uh, Aggies on the outside looking in for uh, a, a lot of reasons for a lot of these uh, brackets and trying to project what might happen for the NCAA tournament. And uh, Utah State had uh, two opportunities to get some quad one victories under their belt. Uh, didn't uh, fall their way. So it's uh, the tournament or bust uh, right now for Utah State. So we'll talk about that. We'll get your reactions and uh, you know what the ramifications are moving forward. Utah Jazz uh, dropping a game in Los Angeles. Uh, is, is that uh, something to be concerned about, how they lost that game, or was that maybe a little bit of a blessing in disguise? We'll discuss that. They play against Charlotte tonight. Um, and then also over the weekend, we got the final RPI rankings and the playoff pairings for high school basketball. So we'll update you on what that looks like for this week as well. A lot of things to cover today here on the Full Court Press, Ajay. And uh, uh, first of all, are you doing okay? Have you recovered? You got the the stains off of your shirt? You know, okay, okay. (laughs) You You, I always feel like you're a bully to me when we're on the air. And then you're a bigger bully when we're off, like we're on Twitter. I'm not. I've not I, bullied I, I, you. I, I have not. I didn't even. I didn't even start it. And here I am. Here I am. I get a tweet notification. You know, because I tweeted out that so and so was not dressing, and then I get a Eric's got a reply with a with a smart aleck comment. Well, Audrey's dressing to pull in Sprite. <laughs> you, <laughs> you were jerk. <laughs> you were doing a, an update on who's wearing what. So. <laughs> I didn't want to leave you out. Right? I didn't want to leave you out. Hey, by the way, I would love to wear the yellow ball sack. All right. Whoa, what? Yes. I What are you talking about? In a about? game of Quidditch, I am the one in the yellow spandex running it's, around freely. It's called the snitch. <laughs> the snitch. Dude, that's some to physical... be careful about <laughs> like well, what you're what using. It, what? I didn't say anything wrong. It's just it's it's literal. That's what it is. <laughs> it's a guy running around Dude. in a yellow spandex with something in his <laughs> coming off the, of his, the uh, waistline off uh, off the back. Yeah. It's on the wrong side. That's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> it just it looks really weird. That's a physical game of Quidditch. I mean, they were knocking each other. Yeah, around. ESPN was throwing highlights on uh, some Quidditch so, match. So, wouldn't you be scared of taking the broom to the Wachobies, like accidentally, either your broom or someone else's broom? I mean, I don't know if you get two minutes in the penalty box for that, but you know, one swift swing with the broomstick, see if you can get them. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> um, and then I come into this, Eric. I know I'm excited to, to hear from our listeners. I love our listeners. They're the best. 
9315 is getting a little bit of snarky lately. He's getting snooty. Getting snooty? He's getting snooty with me. Okay, he's taking after you, Eric. Look what you've done to our listeners. What? They used to be gracious, loving, and kind. And now 9315's taking pot shots what? at me. Don't you re- hey, remember when our uh, text line just was like, had this huge outpouring of love and support directed towards Ajay Salveson. And it wasn't because of you, it was because of me. <laughs> and you well, like, actually, it was because of you, actually, you, come to think about it. You're trying to put them down. No, no. We should no, be praising no. our audience, not putting them down. Stop it. Stop it. You, no. See, 5231, I still love you, Ajay. He just texted me. Well, 5231, I love you too. See, that's the kind of love I need. Not 9315, who started off today's show... Throws me a, a, a snooty text. It's kind of a novel here. Read it. <laughs> to start off today, I just want to know why Ajay had had to go and constitute the Aggies losing a second game to Boise with his score prediction I and talk on Friday's show. Existence. Why could he have not constituted a win for the Aggies just like he did when he made a game happen that was not on the schedule? <laughs> okay, that was not, I did not do that. <laughs> Coach Smith, <laughs> don't need it, but as fans of Aggies basketball and full court press... Uh, do. Uh, Ajay, where your loyalties lie? Whoa! Hey! P.S. Maybe it's on the Buccaneers bandwagon. I love he says P.S. and then his P.S. message is longer than the... <laughs> I think Ringmaster is amazing most of the time, sure, but when yes, things like this happen, I don't know. Eric has never constituted anything for the bad Whoa, with USU that I know that's about. Baloney. Let's take after him, maybe. No. Okay, I don't know what you've done. I don't know what you hooked him up with. What did you hook him up with? Tickets? Speaking lunch truth. To ha- lunch to Javier's? Speaking truth. The one that's open? <laughs> Shame on you. Shame on you, Eric. Yeah. Yeah, all your talk about splitting with Boise, no. it just it went south. Hold on. No. I was confident we were going to win one of those, not lose both of them. I had, so there's some optimism strapped in there. It just... I, I think you happened. had your optimism, optimism strapped in the wrong place, like how you wore the snitch costume. Nine four six three, very. That's very flattering. Sports most dynamic duos. Number one. Wait, this says dramatic, not dynamic. Oh, most dramatic. <laughs> it should be dynamic. I'm like, wait, what? I'm 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 going to interpret that as dynamic. That's what my eyes will see. Sports most dramatic or dynamic, however you want to see it. Number one, LeBron and Kyrie. Number two, Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. Number three, Ajay and Eric. Okay, okay. First of all, those two other duos won championships, and we're about to win one too. So you know what? I'd be right. happy to be lumped yeah. in with those guys. Absolutely. Wait, LeBron. Yeah, LeBron and Kyrie won a championship, right? Yeah, they did. Yes, okay, yeah. yeah. See, I'm LeBron, you're Kyrie. I'm Kevin Durant, you're Draymond Green. Okay? So you're saying I'm going to, just as we're close to closing the deal, I'm going to lose my cool and cost us the game? <laughs> oh, man. That's a crappy way to lose the game, isn't it? Oh, my word. That's such a Draymond Green way to lose it, though. That's And, like, here's the thing. is People are like, well, it wasn't a type. It doesn't matter. You can't react, especially with Mark Davis, the referee. He will tag you. He's waiting to blow a technical on you. At the very, I mean, he is the Dave Hall of the NBA. What Dave Hall is to the Mount West Conference is is uh, Mark Davis, just waiting to give you a technical at the the very worst moment you could possibly get one. He's gonna just burp, 
<laughs> and he nailed he nailed and Draymond deserved it though. You can't do that. You can't act like that towards a referee ever. No, I yeah, I, I didn't think that the technicals were overdoing it. I didn't think they were out of line. No, heavens no. No. Just gotta keep it cool. Gotta do it right. Gotta do it right. Um Eric, a lot of news, big news from the Mount West Conference today. Unfortunate news from the Mount West Conference today. Um in regards to the tournament. Uh, yeah, but I can't say I'm surprised to hear what they Okay, said. so I thought I thought they would at least allow immediate family members in to watch the games. I at least thought they'd get immediate family members into there. They're not even doing that. That's a bummer for me. And I think it's a bummer for the players, too. Yeah, Mountain West officially today, this afternoon, uh, released and made it definitive that uh, the Mountain West Men's and Women's Basketball Championship Tournament will be conducted without spectators. Uh, It says, quote, it was unable to accommodate fans for the upcoming basketball tournament scheduled for March 7th through the 13th at the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas. While sensitive to the desire to allow family and friends of the student-athletes, as well as additional fans, the overriding factor became the health and well-being of the tournament participants. And really, it's because there's uh, some new variants of the virus that uh, can be a little bit more viral, and so they're just they're they're trying to be cautious. The Mountain West Conference will not have fans, but the NCAA tournament will. So, yeah. well, I don't know. Yeah, it just, I have. It, I've given up trying to figure out who does what and why. <laughs> um, and and so it it just is a bummer. Like, I mean. He, I would at least let allow immediate family members in there, do whatever testing you got to do, and then what you do, Eric, is instead of letting those family members in for that, you know, you know, if they're kick them out as soon as that game's over with, whatever game they're there for, they watch that game and then you get them out, bring in the new set of fans for the next game. I mean, maybe you take a time really quickly to just to sanitize things or whatever you got to do, and then have that name next game come in with the new group of fans and whatnot. Every come, everybody media. comes in one area and yep. they go out, out another one. Area. I mean, I just don't know why we couldn't have done that. That's a bummer. I'm, I really feel bad for the kids, too. On the other hand, TV ratings are going to skyrocket for the tournament. Well, maybe. I don't know. Um, so the Mountain West will restrict those that will be participating to just the teams, game officials, tournament staff, TV partners, Limited credential media and other support personnel included on the team's official pass list. Uh, every women's game will be streamed. Um, there'll be a live stream available. And then um, the, the championship final will be televised on CBS Sports Network. The men's first round games on Wednesday, March 10th, they'll be live streamed on the Mountain West Network. CBS Network will televise the quarterfinal and semifinals on Thursday and Friday, and the men's championship will air on CBS, the network, on Saturday. Is that the mothership then? The mothership, yes. They don't have times for those games yet, do they? Um, I've not not seen anything. Seen yeah. anything? At least they didn't say it in the release. All right. I, they may still be waiting to see which teams actually show up before they make anything to That's actually a good point. I didn't, I mean, I'm sure the, the championship point. time has already been set on CBS, 
but some of the others may be TBA. Uh, 9315, with the way COVID is trending, this makes not much sense to let friends and family. It, okay, friends, I understand. Immediate family, though? Like, you can't space them out inside that arena for, for two teams? Instead of that kind of an arena, you can't just space them all out. And, uh, and, and then, like, you know, like you said, have them exit out one area, sanitize whatever you got to do, exit out the media as well, get everybody out, and then, you know, during, a, you know, like I said, dead time, however, you know, the new fans come in and I don't know. It's, but hey, it's, uh, like you said, you know, you shouldn't be surprised kind of with the way things were going. And, but if you're yeah. doing that, you've got men's and women's games going there in the same venue. Yeah. You may not have enough time to yeah, properly that's true. That's do that. That's a good point. I, I forgot, yeah, because the women play, what, Sunday through Wednesday, I think? And then the men are Wednesday through Saturday that same week. So Yeah. Yeah, that, no, that's actually a good point. That's a good point. I just, that's bum. That bums me out. So it's giving me like an open gym scrimmage. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's really what well, it's, it's going to be. It's going to be like what a lot of these Mountain West games have been. I've already been. Right. So does Boise State chirp up and say, hey, wait. How come we don't get to have fans? We're the number one seed. We need to have fans. We there. need to have our six, our nine hundred, which is really going to be six hundred. We will defy the local health there. order and bring our and own bring fans. our fans. <laughs> You're going to see a bunch of Boise State fans out there protesting. Uh, nine four seven four. Speaking of Boise State, a few minutes late to join the show. Okay, is AJ in some sort of blue and orange today? Oh, I bought it. Wasn't that what he said last week? Okay, okay. or a little bit ago? No, I'm if sorry. If Boise sweeps USU, he'd show up in Boise oh, gear. Oh shucks! I bought it. I actually did go. There's a Boise State shop over there. Um, because we had lost, and I, I did it after game one's loss. So I went and bought you know a item to put on to wear um, as an unfortunate soul, and I can't tell you the many confused looks I got. Um, having some one piece of Aggie gear on and looking for Boise State stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I told him it was from my radio co-host. Oh, like, oh sure okay, that makes did. sense. I'm like, yeah, he's a big fan. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I uh, yeah, I'll be wearing a piece of that this week. So doggone it, uh, AJ is definitely donning Utah State apparel today. Yeah, look, I, I'm feeling sad, man. Like, I mean, you gotta, you're trying to cheer yourself up. You just got swept by Boise State, Eric. Got swept by Boise. I didn't see that coming, man. Which game was more frustrating for you? Game one or game two? Probably game one. Me too. Me too. I mean, game two, we get off to a sizzling start, didn't we? I mean, we were up like 9 nothing or something like that. They call a timeout. They chip into it and uh, end up grabbing the lead. And it was just back. It was a great basketball game. Um, but I felt like we had a little bit. Like, towards the end of that game, we had some really bad possessions. Um, and two of them, actually three or four of them by Marco Anthony. Just really bad basketball on his part. Uh, Brock Miller looked a lot better in game two, by the way. He looked just he looked a lot better. Looked a little bit more healthy. Got some rest in him. Um, yeah, he just, and he played really, really well. Um, and Can I ask you, Shulga getting some major minutes. And by the way, you're going to see, I would imagine... Not speaking things into existence, I would imagine you're going to see Shulga a lot this week against the Well, Bay. I was actually going to bring that up with you today, noticing that he was playing more minutes late, uh, that he was playing more of the second unit, uh, and we weren't seeing Bearstow. <clears throat> and uh, I was, I, it was very noticeable to me. 
and wondering if it was going to be some somewhat of a permanent change. But like uh, like you said, Utah State started off really well the, the first yeah. half, and they started off the second half really well. Then they just went cold. Yeah. Again, they can't have this. What did they have? Like a three? Was it like a three minute scoring drive? I can't remember what it was. It felt like forever though. They could not. Like, there was a lid on the bucket. It was. You know uh, what that was? Let's see. They they went up forty seven. Excuse me, forty-five to thirty-six. Yeah, seventeen forty-seven in the third. Oh, this is gonna make me sick. And then they don't make their next <clears> bucket <throat> until uh, it was a three-pointer made by Stephen Ashworth, thirteen thirty-nine on the clock. So it's a little more than four, about four minutes. Yeah. Gosh, dang it, man! That's gonna irk me. That's gonna really irk me. And, and then sure they, I- Boise State. Captured all the momentum, yeah. and then just really never quite let it go. It was it was still a back and forth game, um, and then uh, Utah State started going going cold again um, uh, near the end. And Boise's making their free throws, <laughs> and Aggies can't convert and take advantage. Yeah, a uh, few texts have came in. Erica seven three two five text in. It's amazing how people can pack in planes like sardines, but we can't go to a sports arena all spread out. What a freaking joke. I would agree. Uh, 2409 echoes those sentiments. In fact, he says, you can stand shoulder to shoulder around the craps table, but you can't go watch your kid play in an NCAA playoff game. I, that's true. I, I mean, that arena's pretty big. You can't space them out, find a way. Um, darn it. That's too bad. I, I feel bad for the with seniors and for the parents as well. Uh, 9315. Uh, we'll skip that one. <laughs> no, he has one the previous, though, oh, uh, earlier. I, I think this also helps him to make the seven days COVID-free so teams don't miss March Madness. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. I did not speak it. It happened. I did not speak it into existence. Eric, see, look what you've done to our listeners. How do you, like, copy you? Are, That's cool. Just, you have this. You just copy your phrases. That's no, wonderful. They're stealing your phrases, have Eric. have this think special about power, that. and you're think misusing about that. it. Uh, 9474, all joking aside, I feel that Coach Rice uh, outcoached Coach Smith. What are your thoughts? I kind of tend to agree. I mean, at least in game one he did. Uh, I think that, yes, in game one I would agree with that. In, in game two, I mean, it was anybody's game. I think Utah State was hurt by not having that better ball handler with the second unit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm with you. And I don't know that I saw like dramatic coaching changes that I would have said give one coach the edge over another. Um, I just I think the the individual talent for Boise State was better than than Utah State. Yeah. Um, a couple things on Ashworth. By the way, the three because that three was taken like right in front of me. I looked good to tie it up uh, towards the end of the game. That three looked dead on. Honestly, it looks it looked. Good. Um, he just pushed it a little bit too hard. Eight five seven seven texted in. Want to get your thoughts on this, Eric? We really needed Raleigh Wooster back to be able to win the game or win games. Without him, we don't have guards that can step up. I think Raleigh changes it. I don't. I mean, I'm not saying Boise State loses both games, but I think Raleigh has a definite impact, especially in Game Two. Right. I think just his own personal impact on the game it can't be understated. I mean, he's a <laughs> yeah. good player. He makes good plays, and he helps guys around him. But how it affects the rotation of guard play is what stands out to me yeah. more than anything. Because then your your third or fourth string guy has to yeah. play minutes that they're 
really not used to. And you know what's interesting, you know, Coach Smith, I think talked a little bit during the post game. Eric, you can refresh my memory just a bit if, if you're able to listen to it. But um, I think he talked about just like you can't throw Shulga right there. I mean, against the Wolves of Boise State as a freshman, put him out in that kind of a situation late in the game, you know, in front of just in that kind of an atmosphere again, that kind of a type of situation against that kind of a team. He felt like Marco had that experience. Looking back at it, hindsight 2020, would you have maybe replaced Marco with Shulguk? Because Marco really struggled out there in game two. He had the, he had three really bad turnovers, and then he took a really ill-timed advice three. I mean, not a good shot on a three as well. I, I mean, maybe Shulga changes that. I don't know if he if he changes the outcome, but maybe the opportunities for you, you are a little game bit better. One? Uh, game two. Can you play game two? Marco Anthony was not credited with any turnovers in game two. Really? Uh, he should have been. He wasn't credited with any? He had no turnovers to his name. Uh, yeah, that's that's incorrect then. Because he had two of them. One he dribbled off his foot. The other one he just got it picked out of his pocket cleanly. He was only 3 for 12. He did have a rough shooting night. Oh, he was horrible. And again, he just that, didn't seem like he had lift. Yeah. Well, and that 3 that he took was not a good shot towards the end. It was a I mean, you even saw kind of coach Smith like I cuz I watched the game on Sunday when I got home, but you saw him kind of throw his arms in there like what are we what are you what are you taking that for? You know, and it was contested as well. Um Yeah, I yeah, Marco had a rough night and he, but he's not the only guy to blame, right? He's he's not the only guy to blame. Uh, you know, if you get this here, if you get a stop here, I think there was a couple times where um, ACOG got to the hoop really easily. That's the thing about that Boise State team is, Eric, they can get to the hoop whenever they want to, and they did that in both games one and two. Well, and uh, uh, Armus, I thought he just he got some really lucky shots. Oh, just, dude. Just, oh, my God. It was his night. Yeah, he was you, just chucking it up there over Nimi, oh, well defended, and it just happened to bounce the right way. The one, <laughs> the one of them, I don't even think he was looking at the rim. I think he heard like three, two, and then realized he had to put it up and just threw it up without even looking, and it went in. I, I don't know how he made that. But that that's really, I mean, that's one of the strengths of Boise State is that they can run a lot of different guys at you that, on any given night, it can be their night, and they can get hot. Now they don't—they're not consistent. They're wildly inconsistent, but they have enough of those types of guys that it's not all on Derek Alston Jr. There's usually somebody else, and sometimes Alston is one of those guys who's off. But that is what has really helped Boise State this season. So uh, one other guy we got to talk about again, who dominated both games with was just phenomenal. Keta was great. Keta was absolutely remarkable, I felt like, in both games. And you know what? He was exhausted, too. I mean, I I've, I think he got pretty tired there in the second half, gutted it out like only, you know, one of these top players can. Um, he's not going to win Mountain West Conference play of the year. I think that's going to go to Derek Alston now, to be honest with you. Right, and that's what's unfortunate. Uh, Keta was the better player on the court oh, heavens, both yeah. nights. Oh, absolutely. But because his team didn't win... People well, look to see actually, who's the best you know player on the best team. Hold, I mean, do we say that? I mean, and granted, Alston's cast is a lot more better than Keta's is, without a doubt, right? Um, just the supporting cast aside to him is is phenomenal. But um, Alston was pretty darn good in game one. I think he outplayed Keta in game one. 
I don't know that he outplayed him. I wouldn't say really? that. Really? No. I mean, he had Kenna got everything he wanted yeah, in the post. True. But so did Derek. Derek got whatever he wanted to, and he did it from the perimeter. Like, Derek at one point, like, sized up a guy, like, with two in-between-the-legs dribbles and then took a three contested and hit it. And he knew it was good because he started running back. Like, that kid, yeah. I mean, and I texted somebody, a media member, and I said, I mean, look, if you had to choose your player of the year right now, who would you take? And, and, and the media member, who's not an Aggie guy, by the way, said, oh, I take Ked in a heartbeat, and it's not even close. And I said, I take Alston. And then they brought the point again that the supporting cast for Alston is a lot better than the supporting cast for Keta is by a long shot. But again, it's getting that win. And I think if Keta wins game two, then maybe I change my mind a bit. But yeah. uh, And I still think it's Keta. it should be Keta because of how he impacts the game in multiple ways. Alston's but, a good so scorer. Alston's a good scorer, but he doesn't impact the game in other ways. Defensively, he impacts the game. 26 points, three assists, three rebounds. In game one. Okay. Um, and then in game two, kind of similar, a uh, little bit less actually. 23 points, two assists, one rebound. What did he shoot in game two? Do you have that? Uh, he was eight for 17. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Three for seven from beyond the arc. He was their best three point shooter. 9315, Derek Alston gave us some problems. Also, yeah, absolutely. He gave us a lot of problems. But like you said, Keta gave Boise State everything they could handle and more. Like, Keta was a huge problem for Boise State. And if if he gets any help from anybody else, Aggies probably split or sweep that series. In but, game one, he got no help at all. Game no, two got more. He did. Um, it, they were doubling Keta a little bit more in game two. They... Uh, it was a coaching decision not to double Keta. Yeah, that uh, they're going to roll the dice, try to make Keta alone beat uh, the, the Broncos, and it paid off. It worked. It worked. It worked. Game two, they were doubling him a little bit because he can you let a guy go off for thirty plus points in two straight nights or two straight games? Well, he did, um, but the Aggies just weren't hitting their outside shots no. in game one. They were better in game two, <clears throat> but. Boise State stayed home for a lot of their their defensive pressure on the rest of the team, and that that frustrated them a little bit. Do you think the zone? I feel like the zone worked. Like when Aggies went into a zone, I feel like it worked. Now, granted, they still got. I think it was off a of carom, and it came back towards a Boise State player, and he hit a three. But I thought the zone actually worked well for the Aggies defensively. Yeah, sorry. Um. Because man, yeah, they were just. I mean, because man, they were getting Boise burnt. still put eighty one on them. Y- yeah, good point. Um, because I feel like man defense, they were just running around like ragdolls. I mean, Alston would like, I mean, curl and roll over all the way from one side of the court to the other, catch a pass, go through another screen. I mean, they were just taking Brock through in a maze of trees, and then the same thing for Ashworth. But they went to his zone. It was almost like they could actually just, you know, they wouldn't have to chase people around. That's what you do in zone, right? You kind of stay in your spot. But it just—it looked like it'd be easier to guard, and it looked like it gave Boise State a little bit of fit. And then they pulled out of it, went back to man, and I mean they still got the eighty-one, but they didn't stick in zone for long. Maybe I think for what three, two, three possessions, and that was it. If I'm not mistaken, I have to go look. So it's just—that's frustrating to lose two to Boise State. That's a—that's a, not what I had in mind. I'm interested not what the Aggies had in mind it either. So I mean, Eric, now they have to get ready to go to—I mean, or not go, but play a, a Nevada team who hasn't played in. Two weeks, they've been resting, and they just watched these 
two guys or these two teams dog it out with each other over the weekend. This is going to be a tough matchup Friday and Sunday. Yeah, well, uh, when we come back on the other side of this timeout, we'll update you the current standings in the uh, Mountain West Conference. The latest in the net rankings, uh, Ken Pomeroy uh, as well. Um, I'm, I don't think it's wise to get into bracketology until tomorrow because m- most of those are not updated until after tonight's games. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll, we'll dive a little bit deeper into that uh, tomorrow. But uh, the latest standings in the Mountain West, uh, the net rankings, they're updated every day. So what do they look like now? How how much were the Aggies hurt by losing those games? Or were they hurt uh, with those two losses? We'll update you on all that coming up here on the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Ajay Salveson continuing to uh, give reactions to what happened over the weekend <laughs> with both Utah State, Utah Jazz, and the high school pairings and playoffs as they were announced. Hey, good tweet. Good tweet. <laughs> good call. And make sure, you great know, call by you. Certain members of the media remember. Jeez. Oh, That's great. I love it. Say the name. No, say, say the name. Hey, 2965. Um, great tweet. I want to get your thoughts, Eric. Boise State scored 50 in the second half of game two. I think our lack of D was the key. Do you think it was more lack of D or Boise State hit some tough shots? Boise State did hit some tough shots. Yeah. Um, but if, if I mean, allowing 79 and 81 in, in back to back games, that's I have a hard time it's saying kosher, you have huh? great defense. Yeah. But man, they hit some contested shots. I mean, they I did. Mean, the Shaver three in game one from like the right wing with the shot clock going down and having to pull the trigger and making it was just, I mean, that's tough. And that's a dagger, too. Makes you want to puke. Uh, and Armistice, two layups, prayers, whatever you want to call it, those things going in. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to play better defense than that. Uh, 9315, Namish was the best player for both games. He would be the MVP if you can give it to mm. the team that lost. Yeah. I think if, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the voting will be interesting when it comes out. Because, mind you, San Diego State gets to host Boise State if, and I'm going to say this, if Boise State won't opt out with COVID issues. Magically. Yes, thank you so much for saying that. Magically opt out with COVID issues. If they play San Diego State, and San Diego State is very good right now, and they sweep them, San Diego State sweeps the Broncos. I think Namish Keta's right there. If he can have a two good games right here coming up against Nevada. Yeah, Mitchell could make a very strong case for himself. Yeah. Hey, so what's the net rankings? I didn't even looked. I know I saw a tweet of yours. I just wonder if it's anything's changed since. So the net rankings today, uh, really not much movement at all for Utah State over the last week. Even though they lost two games, they really didn't move much. Uh, Aggies are at 55 now, they did play a quad one team on the road, so it didn't hurt them, really, to lose the games. Certainly, it helps them dramatically if they win, but it didn't really hurt them to lose. Uh, San Diego State is 24. San Diego State, by the way, is they're in both polls now, both the coaches and the AP. Uh, Boise State is at 32 in the net rankings. 
Colorado State is at 46. Utah State, as I mentioned, 55. And Utah State's opponent this week, Nevada, at 102. It's very possible they could creep into the top 100 by the time they play the Aggies later in the week. Uh, That would still be a quad three game for Utah State. Since it's a home game. We got to get a game in next week. We need to play a game next week, Eric. Something. One way or another. Well, yeah, Utah State has some makeup games they need to to schedule. I love it. They had two games against Wyoming postponed and a game against Fresno State postponed. So they're not going to be able to make up all three of those. So I'd love to get Wyoming here. Thoughts? Um Wyoming does have a stronger net ranking, so I just want probably get would be better. Honestly, I just want to get you already had a so game against Fresno. So. Beat the crap out of Wyoming. <laughs> you just want to punish them. I just for want to punish them for acting the like a bunch of babies. Get them here, beat them by fifty, and tell me get on a bus and get out. And enjoy your delayed flight getting home because it's going to be snowy. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, that just that bugged me so much. I don't know if we'll get both games in. I think we do get one. I don't know if we'll get both in with Wyoming, but I'll take one game. I, and I think well, if they're making the trip, why don't they, they just yeah, stick around? Stick for around for a couple day. days. Yeah, they could beat them twice. You only need it once. Take it twice. Um, if you only get one, get case. Say if they only get one conference game in, would you go look for another one? Would you play two or one next week in an open week before the tournament? Well, I, I think Utah State's a team that should be looking to improve their resume. Get as many games in as possible. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that look, they're on the bubble. They're on the outside. In fact, I'd put them on the outside right now. I I, I wouldn't put Utah State in the, in the field no, right now. No, me neither. No, would I. No, you just got swept by Boise State. No, they got work to do. Absolutely. I'm with you on that one. So uh, <clears throat> I, I think it would be important for them to get some quality games on their schedule next week. Certainly there's a risk of, of losing those games. Uh, and then it just comes down to, well, they had to play well in the tournament anyway. Yeah. But I think in the committee's eyes, they would want to see that you're doing what you can to improve your resume and sure. give yourself a shot. Yeah, I'm with you. Because hey. they're out of conference, strength of schedule is bad. Yeah. So, yeah, but, and you know what sucks? They've got to try to improve like that. BYU, but you had St. Mary's, you had Dayton on that, or you had Davidson on the list, you had Pitt, you had Nebraska – they had all these great teams and all these great games set up, and then COVID hit, and it kind of just threw everything out the window. And then they were left scrambling at last minute trying to find well, something. And even the Bad Boy Mowers Classic yeah. had some better teams originally than yeah. what they ended up playing. They're going to most likely play West Virginia. Then that got swapped out with somebody. And it's just trying to be an issue. So, hey, uh, good news on the front uh, for Utah State. This was announced by Utah State. It was first reported by uh, Sean Harrison, um, and I want to give credit to him as well, but. Uh, saying the Aggies have made a public today that head coach Craig Smith has signed an extension to run. Sorry, wait, who first reported Actually, it? Yeah, sorry, my bad. Um, uh, I just want to. <laughs> my bad. I want to make sure I that's heard you right. Fault. Who, who no, first reported that, it? That's my fault. I Where said, did the world first learn of this? I said Eric Franson. I said Eric Franson. Oh, okay. Um, 106 on the fan first reported it. Uh, Harold uh, or Sean Harrison came out with the details of what it looked like. Um, it's a uh, five-year extension. Uh, it was signed near the beginning of the current season. We knew that. <laughs> Shoot, the base salary is seven hundred seventy-five thousand per year. It will increase twenty-five thousand each year. The buyout, which is everybody's biggest question, is twenty-five percent of his remaining space salary. So, if you're a math guy, do it. Uh, the extension is worth five point two five million over the next six years. 
he would make 900000 in the final year of the deal. It's a lot of, it's a lot of dough. It's a lot of dough. Going to make him happy. It's a good commitment. So Aggie fans can stop wringing their hands for a little bit. Here's the thing is that he's going to get offered a ton of money after the season from programs around the country. Will he? If he finishes fourth in the regular season? I do. I still think he's a, yeah, he's still a sexy uh, candidate for a big job. Not, so Eric, as, not as sexy if he doesn't finish first. True. Yes, absolutely. But, I mean, the guy's resume speaks for itself and what he's done. Where do you think he ends up at? I mean, what's about some of the places he goes and, and replaces them? He stays at Utah State. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Eric France and AJ Salveson here on the Full Court Press. Uh, we need to get to our pick six results here in the show. Did too. you enjoy your gift I got you today? It was delicious. Did you uh, enjoy yours? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a great reminder that one out of seven point four billion people in the world care about me. Or call me a friend, I guess is the correct phrase. <laughs> you looked so proud when you gave that to me. Like, hey, look, I am one of those seven point four billion people who <laughs> like you. Oh. I even signed it. <laughs> hey, uh, two seven eight seven. Hey, how about those Aggies? What a great game! I remember someone saying that Keta was the only one that could hurt Boise. That was very true. Great weekend, AJ. Can you say sweep? <sighs> Ooh. I like I like it. The snarkiness. I love the little. <laughs> um, I will be wearing uh, my piece of Boise gear this week. Yes. Uh, 9315, AJ, why must you try to constitute Coach Smith moving? Follow Eric. See, what the crap is going? Is this you, Eric, texting in, or is this your kid? No, this is. Is this is, your kid? It's got to be your kid texting in. Not happening anytime soon. There are words, words to live by. Follow right. Eric's lead. All right, there, friends. Not Jr. happening anytime soon. At least Dad five doesn't or like so. when you're texting into the show. Please don't do that. I'm gonna like copy and paste this and like print no. it, put it on the wall. Follow Eric's lead. Great, you're gonna put it on my wall. I swear, if you do, so help me. Well, I may need to correct how Eric is spelled in that. No, that's actually text, great. But. That's great. I love how it's spelled right there. <laughs> that's perfect. No, there's no K by the way. <laughs> Where's Piranhas when you need them? Piranhas <laughs> always has my back. So, Ajay, where do, you, where do the Aggies go from here? I think oh, that's man. so two games, a lot on the line. They go to Boise State. They compete, but they fall short. Now they're fourth in the standings. They're on the outside looking in. Their chances of the tournament have gotten slimmer dramatically. Yeah, it's all about the yep. tournament now. Yep. But uh, they've got a little extra time this week. It's, it's not like a quick turnaround of the next opponents right in front of you. Nevada, they don't play Nevada until Friday night in Logan. Yeah, that's a long that's a long week off to dwell over what happened over the weekend, huh? It is. I think that look, this does give Coach Smith time and this team time to figure out if if Worcester's going to be out this week. It gives them more time to develop, like uh, Ashworth in the starting lineup, and who's going to be the next guy off the bench. Mm, yeah. It gives them more time, whether it's Barstow or we saw the change late in the game where we didn't see Barstow. We saw 
uh, Max Schulga. Uh, so do we, are we going to see more of him now? Uh, so I think this is a really important week to figure out some of those uh, rotations because those uh, third, fourth string guys, suddenly it means a lot more about their preparation uh, and how seriously they've taken their preparation up to this point. Yeah, no, that's a good point you bring up. Um, and I think the biggest, what you brought the biggest point, Eric, is that's development. Like if, if Raleigh is out this week, how quick can we, and, and now you got a chance to give these kids a chance to be able to settle their feet in go through some, you know, uh, more plays or you kind of get more familiar with the situation, Shulga especially. My question is, Eric, do you go back to Bearstow for this series against Nevada or do you stick with Shulga? Because Shulga wasn't horrible. Honestly, he wasn't. I thought he was decent on defense. Um, I thought he, he didn't make any horrific mistakes on offense. Uh, he played nine minutes compared to Bearstow's six. Uh, he was one for three. So he had two points, he had two rebounds, and a steal. Um, Bearstow did not score, had two personal fouls and a turnover. Um, I, I mean, Aja, I think it's time to make that change a little more permanent. Mm. Uh, Bearstow's been given a lot of opportunities, and he just he's struggling to be consistent. Uh, he has moments where, because of his length and his size, he's a good defender, and it looks like he's making some good moves, and it's a good play to have him out there. But then he makes a turnover, or he rushes an easy layup and just clanks it really weird. And it's just, he can't hold on to the ball when it's mm. important. And it's just, uh, he just needs a little bit more confidence yeah. and more time. And I think See, he can get there. The confidence is what I'm think, at with him. Yeah. I think this team has got to figure out, and this is a really important few days, this coaching staff and this team. Huge. And yeah. they've got to figure it out quickly and say, this is the direction we're going to go. So you have time, you have a couple of days to get comfortable with your role. Because no matter who it is, it's going to be different. <laughs> that's 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 a really good point. In fact, you might have just got my promo for the week. Thank you. Um, Barristow has the experience. Right? He has the minutes. Yeah. He has the experience. He did it last year in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Did it a, you know, a little bit throughout the season. was really good. Um, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what goes on sometimes. Like the one where Dennis Jr. ripped the ball out of his hands after he got a rebound and, and converted it into a layup. Like, you can't have that happen. You can't have that happen. Um, you know, and it's, he, can't, he hasn't really been great in the scoring column. Um, sometimes looks tentative, hesitant to shoot when, he, when he's got a good look. I, I, I want the 2019-20 Bears still back. The one where he was confident and he didn't know any better. There was a little bit of you know arrogance to the situation because he just never been in it before. I'd like to see that back in him. And if we get that better, so we're okay, we're fine. But it's just I don't know where it's where it's at or where it got lost all of a sudden. Two four zero nine. That roller coaster that Ajay is riding must be very frightening. One minute, Coach Smith got a five year extension and he's going to be here forever. 30 seconds later, <laughs> Wait, he's leaving no, after the season. No. Who are they going to replace <laughs> him with? On. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Look, I love the five-year extension. I want him to stay. I love Coach Smith. Uh, I love this heart. I love this hire by Hartwell. It, I've go figure. It's an, it's been an awesome, awesome hire. But Eric, we always must worry about the future. You always got to be worrying about the future. Uh, Piranhas tweets in. Hey, I'm here, just a little busy. What do I need to have your back for? Well, Piranhas. Eric's been kind of a bully lately. What? No, I have not. And then he's making outlandish comments. Just speaking truth. I mean, do you remember that time, Piranhas, where he said 
he put Eric Weddle and Jason Shelley in the same conversation of greatness. That's where we're about with him right now, okay? <laughs> he just said that Derek Alston's career was greater than Namish Keta's. No, I did that not say that at Piranhas. all. Help me here. I mean, I say I you're putting words <laughs> in my mouth. And they don't taste good. Help me here. <laughs> no, they shouldn't taste good, Eric. It just tastes like a cold bowl of SpaghettiOs. And no one likes SpaghettiOs. Conversation is taking a weird turn. Uh, we we got to take another time out here in the full court press. And when we come back, the results of the pick six. Oh, did I win? Uh, it depends on like if I got it all right because you were breaking up on oh, the phone. Okay, you were okay. like walking yes. down the stairs. So I know my answer. So bad if you internet cheated, connection. If you cheated in your benefit, I will know because I know my answers. On Sports Talk Radio, one hundred six nine FM, thirteen ninety AM, the Fan. No, no love. No love when you think you can turn to the one Grimes, source. What is going on? That'll what have is going your back. on here? What is going on? Ajay seems a little backwards from what I have been hearing. I have a hard time knowing if you're even an Aggie fan lately. Piranha. So up and down, back and forth. Be an Aggie fan already. I am an Aggie fan. I'm wearing Aggie gear today. Oh, this hurts. You guys... You know how to kick a man when he's down laying in the middle of the road with Chipotle and Sprite all over him, and you don't care. You laugh at him. You laugh at him. One, five, three, four. What are the Aggies missing more this year, Eric, compared to last year? Brito's defense? Ooh, or Merrill's offense? I'm going to say Ooh, Brito's defense. I am inclined to agree with you on Brito's defense. Because just having that good perimeter defender who was there forever, I mean, it seemed like he never got tired, and he could guard anybody. Yeah. Great question. I mean, Sam Sam is an amazing yeah. player. When you needed buckets, you could go to him. But I think other players would relax more and defer more to him than they probably needed to. But I don't know. That's really good. Really good question. All right, Ajay, we gotta get into our pick six. The six things we thought could happen this And week. I know my answer, so don't you dare blame me cutting out. <laughs> All right. So your first one was attendance. Mm-hmm. You set the line at 718 and a half. Mm-hmm. They said they could have 900 mm-hmm. in game one. They were 200 below that. Yes. All these people knocking down the door to get into a Boise State game, and they all stayed home. Um, so you set the line at 718 and a half. We both took the over. The actual attendance was? 872. And it looked like a lot more than that, too, by the way. They still didn't meet their no. <laughs> allotment. Okay, Brock Miller threes. Set the line at two and a half. We both took the over. He hit two? He hit two. So neither one of us got that one correct. Derek Alston Jr. points. Set the line at 26 and a half. We both took the under. He had 23. So right now it's 2-2. We're, we're tied. 2-2. Uh, USU made threes at Boise State. You're trying to read my face. Uh, we set the line at five and a half. Both of us took the over. The Aggies only made four. So... Nothing there. <laughs> what is she doing? Okay, Jazz. I'm shifting to the Utah Jazz now for our last two. Utah Jazz blocks against the LA Clippers. Set the line at four and a half. Now, this is game two in the series against the Clippers. We set the line at four and a half. 
There were actually six blocks collectively for the team. I said over. I said over. You said I under. I said over. You said under. You I said over. Are you serious? And then George oh. Yang oh, yeah, made move on. threes. No. No, that's baloney. The line was set at two and a half. What did you say? <laughs> I said under. You said over. I said under. I took the under. Are you serious? So I and went no, four to two. No, 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 no. That's baloney. Uh-uh. Piranhas, come back. I need your help. I'm getting hosed here. Hosed, I tell you. I said, oh, I did, we baloney. record everything. I've got the receipts. Oh, you, oh yeah, you sure do. It's Mister, inch. I couldn't hear anything. Because you were mad that uh, you took the over, but you still took it. Like, I was forcing you to take the over on no. George Nyang made three. Okay, okay, that's true. Okay, I took the under. Wait, did I take the I took you the under. Took the I over. took the under. You no, I over. did not. Baloney. This is bull. This is absolute. Someone needs a timeout. And then, oh, it, we should have tied. The only two things that we differed on. Are the two that I won? No, and I no, and I said one of them was the other. No, you one. did not. Yes, I did. Oh, of course. Because we at agreed you. on every look other. At you. We agreed you on every other line. Grin. God, that's bull. I, I ain't. I ain't rewarding you for that crap. No <laughs> way. No. No. Uh, when Ajay's done wearing the Boise to State gear, will we make a video of him burning it? Well, well, maybe he will hang it up in his room. Okay. Maybe. I won't. I'll burn it. And there's no videography or photos allowed of me wearing Boise State gear. Zero. You've got a lot of stuff hanging in your room. <laughs> and it's not on my carpet wall like you claim like it is. Along with all your lifelong life bucks. I want an apology from memorabilia. you. Memorabilia. <laughs> yes. By the way, it's there. <laughs> my Derek Ware or uh, Derek, uh, what's that one guy's name? Brooks. Brooks. Who's, who's that one guy who played for that one team <laughs> that I, I used to always jersey. follow? I, I have his jersey. <laughs> He's been away from football for a while. Uh, I coming up next hour, uh, high school basketball playoffs are set. We'll update you on those and what's going on. What's the latest with the Utah Jazz? It's all coming up. Stick around. With the Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's going on, everybody? Welcome on in to the Full Court Press on a Monday. Getting the week started right, trying to uh, put last week behind us and move forward. A lot of good reasons uh, to do that. Uh, Utah State coming out on the wrong end of a two-game series in Boise. Uh, Aggies really not adversely affected in the net rankings. However, they did drop in the conference standings. Aggies are fourth now in the standings, two games behind Boise State. Uh, Broncos are on top of the Mountain West, a game and a half ahead of San Diego State and Colorado State, um, and uh, Utah State just a game and a half ahead of Nevada, who is coming into town this week, later this week, uh, to take on the Aggies in Logan. So big, uh, still some big games this week. Boise State is at San Diego State. Uh, Nevada is uh, at Utah State. So certainly a lot still in play for the ultimate standings as the regular season coming to a close. 
Uh, but there could still be games next week as well in the makeup games. Now, those have not yet been announced. We don't know who Utah State is going to end up uh, playing in the in the makeup week. Um, but uh, nobody in the Mountain West has any of those games officially scheduled uh, just yet. Uh, but uh, Colorado State, by the way, they have uh, games this week uh, against, um, uh, let's see, they've got games uh, at Air, against Air Force. Uh, they have not played since February 6th. Their games against New Mexico were postponed. A game They tried to get a makeup game against Northern Colorado. That did not happen. Their games against Nevada this last week did not happen. So uh, the the Rams have been without a game since February 6th and uh, hoping for uh, some games later this weekend. They don't play Air Force until February 27th, this Saturday. So long time off, uh, 21 days without a game for Colorado State before they finish off the regular season as it's currently scheduled against Air Force, uh, Utah State on a uh, Friday-Sunday schedule against Nevada, and then uh, Boise State and San Diego State, uh, their schedule, they play each other on um, on uh, excuse me, on Thursday and on Saturday. Thursday will be 7 o'clock on FS1, and then on Saturday it's a 2 o'clock tip on CBS Sports Network. Uh, San Diego State is in is currently ranked in both polls now, in both the AP and the coaches. Boise State is receiving some votes. Uh, those are currently the only two teams uh, getting some consideration from the Mountain West. Uh, and uh, the latest bracketology that people put together, that'll be updated tomorrow, and we'll get into that more uh, tomorrow. But Utah State right now at 55 in the net, in the net rankings. Uh, Boise State moves up to the mid-30s. Uh, San Diego State is in the uh, high 20s, and Colorado State at about 46. Uh, so Utah State still with work to do uh, before they finish the regular season and uh, get into the Mountain West Conference Tournament. And really, frankly, they have to have the mindset that they can't lose in another game. They have to win these games against Nevada. They have to win whatever games get scheduled for the following week in the makeup time. And they have to go to the Mountain West Tournament with the attitude that they have to win in order to get to the NCAA Tournament. So still a lot on the line for Utah State. Um, They took away some cushion by not being able to win uh, on the road at Boise. So it adds some pressure to them to uh, not lose any more games, especially not in Las Vegas. And by the way, speaking of the Mountain West Conference Tournament, some news today coming out from the Mountain West offices in Colorado Springs. There will not fans allowed at the tournament coming up in March. Uh, the Neither for the women or for the men. Uh, the uh, women's tournament begins on Sunday, March 7th and uh, for the men it picks up on March 10th. Uh, the women's championship game will be March 10th. That'll be televised on CBS Sports Network. Um, uh, but for uh, uh, the men's games, those will, be, will begin on March uh, 10th live streamed on the Mountain West Network. CBS Sports Network will televise quarterfinal and semifinals on Thursday and Friday. And then the men's championship final will air on CBS, the main eyeball network, on Saturday, March 13th. But uh, Mountain West announcing today, unable to accommodate fans, not even family members or friends of uh, players or coaches. Uh, Other big news today, Utah State making it Official, official, even though Athletic Director John Hartwell broke the news here on The Fan a couple weeks ago that Craig Smith 
got a contract extension, but uh, Utah State making it official today. His, uh, his contract will be extended through the 2025-2026 basketball season. So good news that uh, Coach Smith under contract for several more years, and uh, he has been one of the best coaches in Mountain West Conference play ever. Isn't that crazy? Um, he is uh, his Mountain West Conference percentage, a uh, winning percentage, 0. 0.771 when playing against Mountain West Conference teams. It's second only to Dave Rose at BYU when he coached in the Mountain West, who had a 0. 0.781 winning percentage in conference play. Uh, so Craig Smith's winning percentage in conference play, it's better than Eric Musselman at Nevada. It's better than Brian Dutcher at San Diego State. It's better than Rick Majerus back in his days at the University of Utah. So good news today, Craig Smith under contract through the 2025-26 basketball season. Uh, A couple texts coming through here on the uh, Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321, or if you want to message us directly through the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. This one coming in from 1289. Boise State beating USU last week was a beautiful thing. It's too bad my grandmother isn't still alive because she might have had a chance to make the team with this year's USU boys. Oh, kind of love the hate there from 1289 and the Boise State Bronco fans. Um, 9474. Uh, Ajay, put that Boise apparel on and embrace it. Your whole life may change for the better. It's fun to be a winner. May even help you start winning the pick sixes. Thank you, 9474. He does need help winning pick six. He's uh, definitely struggled in that category. But will it change his whole life? Uh, I highly doubt that, at least, unless it's uh, changing it for the worse. Uh, 2787 also adds, Ajay, your true colors of blue and orange are starting to come out. Embrace that jersey and wear it with pride. A lot of Bronco fans tuning into the station today. Uh, 9315, can I uh, be Ajay and call not having anyone at the Mountain West Tournament a split? Also, I love IJ's take on Smith. Tell me more. Uh, we don't need to be worrying about Coach Smith leaving right now. He just signed a contract extension, and he's going to be here for a while. So let's let's embrace and support the, the coach and his staff and trying to get some wins and win the tournament. Uh, one, five, three, four. I don't have one in particular I like more than another. Leg press machines are usually just for leg press and squats. That's great. I don't know if that was really intended for us, but... Uh, that's great. Uh, well, I think this was a, uh, you know, in refers to, <laughs> I got to go back to pro- previous text, 1534, in reference to you know, what, do, uh, what do Utah State Aggies miss more compared to last year? Uh, Diogo Brito's defense or Sam Merrill's offense? Um, maybe that's what he's talking about, or maybe he's just talking about lifting weights and uh, getting in shape. Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, 2603. Uh, that's a bummer that no fans can go to the Mountain West tourney. It, it is a bummer. It's a huge bummer. Now, I'm not going to profess to be somebody that understands the ins and outs and uh, about what's viral and what is it carries a viral load and how many people can be in a given space before somebody could get sick and um, all that stuff. That's not my job. That's not my specialty. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll leave that to the medical experts. I do find it strange, though, that the NCAA tournament is going to be allowing fans 
uh, 25% uh, capacity to their venues. Teams from all over the country will be in there coming in and out of games to their tournament venues. Um, and uh, yet the Mountain West is not going to uh, make it work for them. So I, I get it. There's a... There's got to be a certain financial aspect of it, um, type of a personnel issue. You have to have the right type of people to make sure you can sanitize a venue, get people in and out effectively and efficiently as you swap out to teams. And I, logistically, it would have been would would have been tough. But those are big venues, and you can spread people out. Uh, we're seeing more venues in the NBA allowing fans. Um, what is it, like up to nine or ten venues and more are coming online all the time? More uh, conference uh, schools uh, around the country are allowing fans into their arenas. Utah State has proven that they can allow fans into their arena uh, for much of the the entire season and still be good. Um, so I, I'm not going to profess to understand all the details about preventing coronavirus. But I, I do see that there are venues, there are leagues, there are places that are doing it safely. They're following protocols, and they seem to be protecting their their people, their teams, um, and uh, and their fans. Uh, so it is too bad. But at the same time, I can understand they want to make positive that the 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 teams don't have outbreaks, that they stay healthy so that the maximum number of teams could go to the NCAA tournament if uh, if invited. So it's too bad. It's unfortunate. But it is what it is. I can't say that I'm surprised. I actually would have been more surprised if they would have announced fans based on the way things are still throughout the uh, Intermountain West. Uh, by the way, 134, one, wrong person. I, I kind of figured, but I'm glad that... Uh, you know, the leg press machines are usually just for legs, uh, leg presses and squats, but um, I hope you get a good work in, get swole. Uh, going back to the text line, 2603, uh, will every game be on TV then uh, regarding the Mountain West Conference? So um, not necessarily. So for the men, uh, the first round, those are going to be live streamed on the Mountain West Network. So it won't be televised, but as long as you have internet, you can access the Mountain West Conference uh, website and it'll be, you can be able to stream it there through their website. So it'll be available there. So on Wednesday, first round games will be live streamed. Um, now, when it comes to the later contest, the quarterfinal and the semifinals, those will be broadcast and those will be on CBS Sports Network. Uh, that'll be Thursday and Friday. And then the, the championship final is scheduled to air on CBS. Uh, that'll be on Saturday, and usually that's Saturday afternoon. Um, so the first round, live streamed, internet only, and then the quarterfinal, semifinal, those will be on CBS Sports Network with the championship game broadcast nationally on CBS. Uh, 9315, I hope by fall we can be at full or close to full on fans and games. Boy, amen to that. Um, uh, it, I, I'm pretty confident there will be fans at, at football games. I'm, I'm pretty confident of that. But to what level of capacity, I don't know. 
Uh, how things go over these next uh, few months are going to be really critical. Getting out of the cold weather months, uh, more immunizations, uh, and um, frankly, herd immunity becomes more and more of a, a, a thing. Then uh, hopefully we'll see those those numbers go down. Uh, the the worry is, and especially coming out of the Mountain West, and part of the reason why they're not allowing fans is because there have been some new variants to the virus that are proving to be a little bit more viral, and some maybe a little bit more deadly. So they just want to make sure they're they're cautious. And so that would be maybe the one thing out there that could throw this off, and uh, how many fans could still attend this fall is if uh, this, one of these viral strains really starts to take off and spread and causing a lot more problems, and then we may have to roll things back again. But, boy, I sure hope not. Uh, but uh, I agree. I, I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, we'll, we'll see a greater number of people being able to attend live events, not just games, but concerts and movies and outdoor events, festivals and fairs. And I mean, boy, you sure realize how much you miss that kind of stuff once it's taken away. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's too far out, frankly. The way things change with such regularity in this current climate, can't predict what's going to happen next month. Um, so I don't know, uh, but I'm with you. Very hopeful. One five three four texts in, um, referring to what do we miss most uh, from this year's team compared to last year's uh, Diogo Brito's defense or Sam Merrill's offense? And one five three four, very definitive. Merrill's offense, and it's not even close. Uh, it uh, certainly would be nice to have a guy that can drop twenty twenty five on you any night and shoot anywhere on the floor and uh, get a bucket whenever you need one. There's no question that is a nice luxury. Um, but I think that last year, guys could have done more offensively, but they didn't because they would just defer to Sam. Um, but right, this, this team has struggled a little bit with that. If you need a bucket, who do you go to? Uh, I, I think the answer has been more consistently than not, you go to Namiya Keta. Um, let the big guy get a bucket down in the in the paint, but uh, if you need a guard to create his own shot, who is that? Um, and that's what's been one of the questions that really hasn't been answered. It's been different guys at different times been able to do things within the team framework, um, but you know there were times where maybe it looked like it was going to be Marco Anthony be that guy, but then he has a game like Friday night where he goes three for twelve. And he's not that guy. Um, is it Raleigh Worcester? Is it Stephen Ashworth? Is it Brock Miller? I think every night's a little bit different, but I think who is most consistent is uh, Namiya Keta. But you have to be able to get the ball to him down on the low post. And once you do, he's pretty money. He's going to make it. Uh, 2603 texts in, can you sum up Raleigh's injury? Uh, really, all that we know, all that's been said uh, officially, and frankly, all that I know is that it's a lower leg injury. That's all that we know. Uh, Craig Smith did say it was something that's been bothering him for a little while, and he was toughing it out. I don't know for what experience uh, or what extended period of time that was taking place. If that was just for a game, a couple of games, a month, I, I don't, I don't know how long this injury has been bothering Raleigh, but they've got him in a boot. 
they want to make sure that he will be good to go in the conference tournament and then hopefully the NCAA tournament. So I don't think that he's had any kind of an official procedure. And Coach Smith has said that they do expect to have him back for this season. He hasn't said it's a season ending, so that's encouraging. But uh, there are some things that we don't really fully know. They've, they've tried to keep that under wraps. Most people didn't know he wasn't going to play in, uh, against Boise in game one until the, the, game, the day of the game, and he's there in street clothes wearing a boot. So they've kept that very close under wraps. Um, there, I have heard that there may have been a chance that he, he may not have played in that uh, second game against Fresno, but I don't. that's speculative. Um, but uh, he's out, and he's probably going to be out this week. Will he be out next week as well? I don't know. Uh, but it's not season-ending, but we don't know when he'll come back, and I don't know how serious the injury is or to what extent um, he will be set back uh, with any kind of a recovery. So I, I wish I could give you more def- more definition than that, but that's all we really know uh, at this point. And certainly his impact not being in the game has been felt. It, it uh, really upsets the, uh, the, the rotations and what happens with, uh, w- with your second unit. Uh, I think Stephen Ashworth, maybe a little bit kind of thrown into it, uh, playing with the starters and playing starter-like minutes uh, in the first game against Boise State. Didn't really score much, but he did other things for his team. I thought he played better and more comfortable in that role in game two. But the biggest thing is when he goes out, who's, who's your primary ball handler? Who's initiating the offense? Who's another scorer? And I think that we saw that there's some real issues there. Uh, Max Shulga ended up playing more than uh, Sean Bairstow did in game two. Uh, I thought he did some nice things while he did play. How comfortable is he in that role? So it's a really important couple of days here for Utah State because they don't have Nevada coming into town until Friday. They have a little bit more time in the gym to specifically work on those rotations, those bench guys, to get them more comfortable in their roles, uh, to get them more comfortable with their teammates, and to better understand the offense and the defense so that they can not be a, a liability when they check in and when Stephen Ashworth has to check out. Um, so that that really remains one of the bigger questions coming into the series against the Wolfpack this weekend is uh, what's that second unit look like? I, I mean, I thought Alfonso Anderson looked nice. Um, I thought that he played really well in, in stretches in both games. But um, the the rest of that second unit was shaky for the Aggies uh, against Boise State. Um, Got to improve that. Got to shore that up to finish out the these last two scheduled games and then whatever happens uh, with the makeup. Um and then what does Utah State do with the makeup, too? They've got that full week between the end of this season as it's currently scheduled and when the Mountain West Conference Tournament begins. Uh, will they play Wyoming twice? Because that series didn't happen. Will they make up the missed game against Fresno? Will they play uh, the both of those? Will play Fresno one night and Wyoming another? Will they only get one of those games and have to go find another, another opponent to play? I, I don't know. A lot of questions still uh, with COVID world. Everything changes day to day, week to week. Um, if there's an opportunity to go get a non-conference opponent, 
which is probably going to be hard to do. I don't know if every conference is doing what Utah or what the Mountain West is doing, having that uh, that extra week there for makeup games. But um, if there's a chance to get a, a team, whether in conference or out of conference, Utah State needs to try to find a way to continue to improve their resume. Right now, they're on the outside looking in. They're not a tournament team. They're 55 in the net ranking, uh, two and four against quad one teams, um, had opportunities to improve their resume dramatically, and they weren't able to, to, to do that against Boise State. They didn't drop in the net rankings, really, after those two losses because you played a quad one team on the road. So that, that looks good that you're even playing the game. But uh, they needed to continue to stay in the hunt for the top of the Mountain West. And currently they're fourth, uh, two games behind Boise. The Boise and San Diego State play this week. Uh, certainly, I think all Aggie fans should be cheering for uh, San Diego State uh, in this one for multiple reasons, um, because of how it affects the standings, and because Utah State beat San Diego State, and that looks uh, better for Utah State if they are able to uh, to do that, and it helps uh, with Utah State's potential in the standings to uh, to move up and move ahead of Boise State. Quite frankly, if uh, they can beat Nevada, and if Boise State loses their two games then uh, the Aggies will move ahead of Boise State in the standings. So, anyway, still more to go, still more to figure out with Mountain West. Um, the the brackets, the bracketology, that's usually more updated tomorrow after a lot of big games are played on Big Monday. So, not a whole lot to report on that just yet. Most people haven't updated their brackets since uh, Friday morning, waiting to see what happened from the weekend and Big Monday. So uh, we'll kind of wait to see what happens there tomorrow. We'll report on that. But um, right now, Utah State just has to have the attitude that, look, uh, we just have to win. That there's, We can't rely on anybody else to try to, uh, to, to make a case for us to get in. We just have to win. Remove all doubt. Make it automatic. Um, that's, uh, the only way to do that is to win the conference tournament. If they make it to the championship game and lose, will they have done enough? Because... They would have beaten either a Colorado State or a Boise State or a San Diego State to get to the conference championship game. Um, but I don't know if that's still enough. I think they, they probably have to win the tournament to uh, to be able to get there. But who knows? I mean, so much changes. There may be some teams that there's a COVID outbreak. They decide not to go to the tournament. Somebody says, yeah, we've qualified, but we're not going to go. I wouldn't put it past somebody to say that. Um, so I don't know. It's too much too much unknown and too much time between now and then to really have any good, any kind of a good guess. Uh, Nine three one five texts in. I think USU needs a game because that's how we how uh, how we do. Um, uh, let's see. I think USU needs game because that's how we do good is by containing play and not time long time off. Oh, as far as uh, having a game. Uh, as opposed to just taking the time off. I think that's what I'm trying to interpret that. Yes, Utah State does better having games played than just taking time off. Uh, that's why I thought it was really important that they try to find a replacement for the Wyoming series because um, it was one game in 21 days, but they weren't able to do that. And you could tell they were they were maybe a little rusty against uh, San Diego State, excuse me, against Boise State, especially some key players really struggled shooting the ball because they hadn't played. They've had a lot of practice and were able to prep 
But uh, you need a game. You need a game. It's important. They weren't able to find an opponent. So will they have an opponent after this week? I'm pretty confident they will. Just who that is is still to be determined. Um, my, if I were a, having to do a, make a strong guess as to who that would be or what that would look like for Utah State, I would guess that it's most, most likely Wyoming that the Aggies will play uh, next week. And it should be in Logan. If that game does happen, it should be in Logan. If you remember, when we had John Hartwell on uh, just a few weeks ago, he said that the Mountain West is uh, is clearly going to try to uh, improve the chances of its top teams and improve their resumes and improve their chances of making the NCAA tournament when deciding which games get made up and how and when they are played. So the Mountain West will be trying to help Utah State with, uh, with, with scheduling those games in the, uh, in the off week here coming up next week. Uh, who it is, when it gets scheduled, we might not know until the end of this week, frankly, because there could still be games this week that get postponed and they just get pushed into next for some teams. But uh, <sighs> totally crazy uh, and what's going on. All right, going to call a timeout here on the Full Court Press. When we come back, uh, we can continue the Aggie talk. If you want, feel free to continue to text in 435-339-0321 or message us directly through the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. We'll also get into the high school basketball playoffs. Those pairings have been announced today. Uh, there may be some scheduling that needs to be rerouted or rescheduled from what they announced over the weekend, and I think there are some things starting to percolate a little bit there. Uh, we'll also update the uh, the, the wrestling championships took place uh, over the weekend as well with some great representation from Region 11. And the Utah Jazz are in action tonight as well, taking on the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, did that loss at L.A. with the Clippers, uh, it, it broke their streak, but was it, a, was it probably one of the better things to have happened to the Jazz? Discuss that as well. Coming up next right here on 106.9 The Fan and uh, 1390 AM right here on the Full Court Press. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson with you here on a Monday. Thanks for tuning in, wherever you may be. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Streaming online, 1069thefan.com or on the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. Or even if you're listening to us on our one of our podcasts after the fact, thanks for tuning in and being a part of the show. Uh, you can always participate with us, 435-339-0321 or Messages directly through the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. Had a lot of great participation today. It's been awesome. Thank you, guys. It makes it a lot of fun uh, when we get the feedback and even criticism from the audience. Uh, and, uh, we, we'll, we love having fun with our listeners. So feel free to text in. Continue to let me know what you thought of the weekend. Utah Jazz with a loss. Utah State with a loss. Uh, kind of frustrating, certainly for Utah State and how they lost. Um, and uh, one of the best defensive teams in the country playing pretty elite defense going into the matchup. Uh, but um, and Boise State, give them credit for what they were able to do 
scoring 79 and 81 on one of the better defenses in the country. And uh, Utah State not having games played, that, that can make a difference. You're not uh, used to game speed. And uh, Boise State took advantage of that. So now the Aggies have to take care of their own business and hope for some things outside of their control. And that is to hope that San Diego State takes care of the Broncos this week, that the Aggies take care of uh, Nevada, and uh, Colorado State. You know, Colorado State's going to take care of Air Force, which they probably will, but uh, they've had 21 days off uh, before they actually play uh, the uh, Air Force Academy later on this week. But um, And then what happens next week is also important. It's not over. Uh, they still have more games to be played and more games to be scheduled. Um, so anyway, that's, that's what's going on in the Mountain West. Uh, also over the weekend, the uh, final games in Region 11 were played uh, Thursday for the girls, Friday for the boys, and then Saturday morning, the final RPI rankings were released and the playoff matchups revealed. You can read more about that on cashvalleydaily.com. But um, some surprises a little bit that the region champs for both the boys and the girls, uh, neither one had the higher RPI ranking for both the boys and the girls, interestingly enough. Logan was the Region 11 champion for the girls, yet uh, Ridgeline holds on to the higher RPI ranking and the more favorable matchups in the playoffs. And it goes the same thing for the boys. Ridgeline won Region 11 for the boys, but Skyview holds on to the higher uh, ranking in the RPI. Ridgeline did move up, but uh, people have to continue to remember it takes into account the entire season. The, the postseason before was only determined by what happened in region play, what your seeding was and rankings were in region play. I like the RPI that it takes into, a, into account your entire season. It's your full body of work. Now, for Ridgeline, that's a team that was without one of their top players, perhaps the region player of the year for a good chunk of their non-region play. And then when he came back, they started to be a different team. Um, so it, it takes into account your entire body of work. That's why it's important to schedule good p- opponents before the season and to play well um, and not just focus on on the region play. So every game is important, as it should. So as it stands, Skyview is number five in the RPI. They're the number five team in 4A. So they await the winner of Tuesday's matchup between Stansbury and Ogden in Stansbury. And from what I've been told, the Skyview game has been moved to 7.30 p.m. Now, the reason they're doing that is because for the girls, uh, they also have a game scheduled Friday. The Skyview girls are sixth in the RPI, so they are a hosting team. And the way that the uh, 4A schedule has it worked out, the default is uh, home sites for the higher seed Friday at 7 in the second round. So from what I've been told, the Skyview girls game is being moved up to an earlier uh, start time, and then the boys game is going to be moved back just a little bit. We'll continue to get more details on that because they're not the only school that's uh, affecting uh, but Skyview is at number five. Um, Ridgeline is at number seven, and they will play Uinta on Friday night. Now, Ridgeline is another one of those teams 
that I mentioned. They're the number th- for the uh, number seven for the boys, number three for the girls. And uh, right now, the schedule says Friday at seven, but I'm pretty confident they'll be moving that up for the girls, and the boys may be pushed back a, a little bit as well. But the boys know they're going to be playing Uinta. That is a known fact. Uh, the girls, they're waiting to find out who they play. Uh, they wait the winner of Uinta in Stansbury. That game will be played at Uinta. Interesting, some common teams here being mentioned. Um, so for the for the boys, Skyview number five, Ridgeline number seven. Next is uh, Logan. They're at number nine. They, uh, they advance to the uh, second round automatically. They will be traveling to Snow Canyon. That will be Friday at seven. Uh, and then Bear River. Uh, they're at 11. Actually, it's the top 11 teams get that first round by, the way that it works for basketball. Slightly different than football. But for basketball, it's the top 11 teams. So Green Canyon will be on the road. They'll be at Cedar on Friday night. Now, there are some games going to be played on Tuesday for the first round. Bear River is hosting Ben Lomond. Um, and uh, Bear River faced Ben Lomond earlier in the year, beat Ben Lomond. So that's got to give them some confidence in this matchup. Uh, but uh, they'll be hosting uh, Ben Loman Tuesday at 7. That'll be on 104.9, the ranch. And uh, also on Tuesday night, it's Mountain Crest making a return trip to Cedar Valley. They played Cedar Valley earlier in the year. Played them pretty tough. It was a close game. So Mountain Crest hoping to to get that uh, revenge game and to get up, pick up a win in the, in the postseason before they can advance. Uh, for the girls... As I mentioned, Logan won the uh, the Region 11 title for girls basketball, but they're not the top-ranked team. As I mentioned, Ridgeline is the top-ranked team out of Region 11. They're at number three. Uh, Logan is at number five, actually. They await the winner of Canyon View and Ben Lomond. That game will be played at Canyon View Tuesday night. Excuse me, Wednesday night. Um, Green Canyon is actually fourth in the rankings, and they await the winner of Bear River and Crimson Cliffs. Bear River is 13th. Crimson Cliffs is 20th. So it could be another Region 11 matchup on Friday between Green Canyon and Bear River. Uh, Mountain Crest, excuse me, Skyview, uh, as I mentioned earlier, they're the number six team in the girls' uh, RPI rankings. They will host Cedar Valley on Friday night. And then uh, there is another Tuesday game. It's Mountain Crest. They came in at number 16th in the rankings, and uh, they will host Ogden on Wednesday at 7. So on Wednesday night, you have Bear River hosting Crimson Cliffs, Mountain Crest hosting Ogden, and then on Friday, Green Canyon hosting the winner of Bear River and Crimson, uh, Logan waiting the winner of uh, Can- Canyon View and Ben Lomond, and then Ridgeline waiting the winner of Uinta and Stansbury, and Skyview hosting Cedar Valley. So um, all those details, the schedule, it's all on cashvalleydaily.com. You can go uh, read that and, and double-check that. Um, if uh, you weren't able to follow along with your number two pencil. Uh, but we are expecting some schedule changes uh, because there are some, looks like some double headers at, at these venues with uh, Ridgeline both hosting games on Friday night for both the boys and the girls. And the same thing for Skyview. Uh, both the boys and the girls have home games on the same night. Um, so I believe that the from what I've been told, those girls' games will most likely tip off earlier, and it'll just be a, a double header. But uh, we're working to confirm that to be uh, definitive, and so we'll be sure to pass that along and let you know 
and uh, how you can follow along. But we do know that on our family of radio stations tomorrow night, we do have some Region 11 boys basketball in the four, first round of the 4A playoffs taking place. Mountain Crest at Cedar Valley, and uh, it'll be Bear River hosting Ben Lomond. So the Mountain Crest game on 107.7 FM and uh, Bear River on 104.9 The Ranch in Box Elder County. All right, going to take a quick time out here in the Full Court Press. When we come back, uh, results from the 4A Wrestling Championship over the weekend. We'll give you those. And uh, talk about the Utah Jazz, their loss at the L.A. Clippers. Was that uh, a blessing in disguise for the Jazz or perhaps a blueprint for other teams to, to, uh, to emulate when they face off against the number one team in the NBA? Did the Clippers figure out how to beat the Jazz or is that a one-game fluke? We'll discuss that coming up next here on the Full Court Press. The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Hey, don't mean to leave out our friends to the north. Uh, Preston, they're still in their district tournament. They are, uh, they're waiting to see who they play next. Century and Pocatello play tomorrow night. And then Preston waits to see who uh, wins that game. That, that game for Preston will take place on Thursday. And then Westside, they, are, they have nearly punched their ticket to the, uh, the, the state championship tournament. Um, they are just waiting on the winner of Soda Springs in Bear Lake. That game is taking place tomorrow. And then uh, Westside, they will play on Thursday. If uh, if they lose, they still have another chance. They've not lost it. It's a double elimination tournament. So uh, Westside will need to be beat twice. That same thing goes for Preston. So uh, looking good for both Weston and Preston, or excuse me, Westside and Preston at this point. Uh, for the uh, basketball tournaments that they're in. And then also want to mention uh, high school wrestling took place. The state championships took place over the weekend. For the boys, Mountain Crest coming in at number two. Uinta, their first state championship in really almost anything in decades. Uh, They've uh, continued to improve their wrestling program, but Mountain Crest right on their heels. They come in at number two. Bear River at number three. Ridgeline at number four. And Green Canyon at seven. So great representation from Region 11 in the uh, 4A wrestling. Uh, Easton Evans was first in the 106-pound weight class from Mountain Crest. Trenton Ward from Bear River was first in 113 pounds. Uh, Elijah Larson came in first from Mountain Crest at the uh, 126-weight um, weight class. Uh, Gabe Sanders at Mountain Crest was first in the 145-pound weight class. Cale Wilcox at 160 from Bear River. Um, uh, Ronan uh, Milani from Ridgeline at 195 weight class. So some great representation. Many others uh, you know, finished in the top six. Great representation from Region 11. And then for the girls, uh, first year for girls wrestling as a sanctioned sport in Mountain Crest crushed it. Big wide margin of victory for the Mustangs. Winning state championship for girls wrestling. Coming in second was Bear River. Ridgeline came in fifth. And a couple of individuals uh, won in their weight class. Jalise Wakely from Mountain Crest at the 124. Uh, Sierra McFarland from Bear River at 128. Uh, Ella DeCorver from Mountain Crest in 132-pound weight class. Hannah Evans from Mountain Crest in 140 pounds. Um, Brindley Hansen from Mountain Crest at 150. 
uh, Taya Gonzalez from Bear River in the 160-pound weight class, Rosa Campos from Mountain Crest in 170, uh, Sid Alvarado from Mountain Crest in the 190, and Grace Montier from Ridgeline in the 245-pound weight class. So congratulations to all the uh, athletes from Region 11 who competed and uh, placed and did very well representing their schools and Region 11 down in the uh, uh, wrestling tournament held at the uh, Severe Valley Center where these uh, uh, bo- basketball tournaments will be held uh, next week. I uh, want to get to the text line, which segues into our next topic. This is from 9463. Uh, Clippers beat the Jazz, yeah, but what they really did was expose the blueprint to beating the Jazz. Now every other team the Jazz play will try to implement that blueprint. Just a matter of whether or not the opponent is able to properly implement that plan effectively. Hug the shooters, take away the catch-and-shoot option, and allow the offense to go through Gobert instead of the shooters. We'll see what Quinn does to alter his game plan going forward now that the blueprint to beat the Jazz is common knowledge now. Okay, so that's a good question. Is Was that a, a blueprint, or was it just, you know, they faced a good team on a good night, and uh, Jazz just had a little bit of an off night? Not much to really see there. Um, uh, look, this is a team, interestingly enough, the Utah Jazz, all season long, they only have 20 minutes of clutch basketball. All season. They've had so many double-digit victories that they haven't had a, a game that's they haven't had very many games at all that are in the clutch. That's a game that's within five points in the last five minutes. So the Utah Jazz haven't had very many of those types of games. So did that serve as a blueprint? Um, certainly, I think that some teams will will take a strong look at that and try to figure out what to do to uh, emulate that. Um, but uh, I, I think that the Jazz. Also had their own levels of uh, of struggles too. Um, Royce O'Neal wasn't able to do much offensively. Granted, he had a huge defensive assignment. Um, you know, Joe Ingles uh, sent back to the bench after Mike Connolly uh, came back. Uh, he wasn't quite as effective. Um, but uh, you're right; they they did try to take away the catch and shoot. They were trying to. It was a really good defensive team. Can every team emulate the the Clippers? Frankly, no, because not every team has the athletes and the discipline that the Clippers have. Um, Look, the Jazz played one of the elite defenses in the NBA um, with the the, the team that was in full strength, all their players back. Some of their guys had missed a lot of time. That was their first game back. They were very motivated to get out there and, and play a meaningful game. So um, I think that Mike Connolly uh, talked about this that really kind of served as maybe a little bit of a blessing in disguise, in, in a disguise uh, to uh, kind of help the team stay motivated that they can't just rely on eventually flipping a switch at some point. Um, and uh, that this is a team that still has the ability to play against the, the top teams in the NBA. They've proven that. Um, but... Um, We'll, we'll see tonight. It, they play the Charlotte Hornets, not necessarily world beaters, um, but uh, a team that can't be overlooked. Uh, they've Gordon Hayward's return, it's always kind of an emotional game. But uh, this is a team that's got a lot riding on it. I think this to try to put that game behind them and get back to uh, their winning ways. And a lot of people were saying, you know, this team is 
doing great because they have great outside shooting. What if those shots don't fall? And really, the, the outside shot hasn't been electric for Utah over the last week and a half or so. They've been finding ways to win despite not shooting great from three-point land. Um, but uh, the, the, the bigger difference against the Clippers is that they made it difficult to score uh, in other ways. And although the Jazz still scored 112 points against the Clippers, uh, it was more about the Jazz defense, uh, frankly, that um, was a little bit uh, concerning uh, for me. Letting some guys really get going that uh, you wouldn't normally see having big impacts. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I think the Jazz are going to be fine. Uh, I don't think that many other teams can do what the Clippers can do based on their personnel and their experience. Um, so I, I think it serves more as a wake-up call for Utah than it does a blueprint for other teams that the Jazz will be facing. But certainly Mike Connolly's return, it was fun to see that. And him being absent as long as he has, I, I think it probably hurts his chances of making an all-star game, which is really unfortunate because he should be considered an all-star. We'll find out the reserves tomorrow. But um, here's Mike Connolly talking a little bit about at least being in the discussion and part of the conversation about being an all-star. I'm looking forward to the you know, next few days or so and, and seeing what happens. But um, I'm, I'm really happy that, you know, I was telling somebody the other day, like, to even be mentioned in, in the conversation again and and doing it, you know, my way, you know, not – trying to score 40 points a game and not trying to, you know, take 20 shots. I'm, I'm doing it in the way that I, I know how I can affect the game and play the game and be unselfish and, you know, be efficient, play defense and, you know, be a, the two-way player that I've always been and, and uh, be looked at as an all-star is, is pretty cool. When Mike Connolly was healthy, when he was playing, nobody in the NBA had more of an impact when they were on the court than Mike Connolly did. Nobody. So the hope is that coaches recognize that, that it's not uncommon to have three players from the top team in the NBA on at the All-Star game. Rudy will go. Donovan Mitchell will go. But will there be a third jazz man? I don't know. Some people are trying to make a case for Jordan Clarkson. That's a strong case. But if you look at impact to the game and his team – Nobody's been as impactful to his team than uh, Mike Connolly. We look at the plus-minus, how he helps his team, how they perform when he's on the court compared to how he's not. When he's not on the court, he's the he's been number one. Uh, another big key, uh, Mike Connolly weighing in, uh, sharing some great thoughts about Rudy Gobert and how he's upped his game, and in doing so, perhaps because of this, he's been less selfish, and that's helping his team. I think big fellows is. It, it might be ironic, but he's gotten more unselfish you know, the, the more he's he's been around this group, and his unselfishness is starting to pay off on, on, for him in, individually. I think uh, his ability to run up and down the court uh, this season has been, you know, a night and day difference from the past. And and uh, him being able to get down the court allows him to be there when guys shoot early shots, guys miss layups, um, guys dump the ball off to him, throw him lobs. He's put himself in great positions to be able to uh, affect the game in, in, in a different way than any other day could probably affect it. Jazz play the uh, Charlotte Hornets tonight. Pre-game coverage here on The Fan starting at 6.50. Tip-off at 7. David Locke with the full play-by-play uh, here on The Fan. Excited to hear that game play out. And a reminder, 
uh, the uh, Best of Northern Utah nominations begin tomorrow. So if you've got your favorite business, or even if it's your business, you can go on tomorrow, bestofnorthernutah.com, start the nomination process. Everybody who gets nominated will be voted on, have an opportunity to get voted on. It's not just the, the top people that get nominated make it through. Everybody who gets nominated will have a chance to be voted on. So make sure your favorite businesses are on the list. Thanks to Thermal Fisher for making it happen. They're hiring. Just go to bestofnorthernutah.com. Have a good night, everybody.